This episode of the Guitar Speak podcast is brought to you by the Michael Dolce 2016 Funk Fusion Masterclass. Check this out. Hi guys, this is Michael Dolce inviting you to my 2016 Funk Fusion Masterclass Tour. To give you a brief rundown of what the night consists of, we get 10 players in a room in a really relaxed atmosphere, nothing too intimidating. We cover soloing over the one chord vamp. I will be sharing all my concepts that have worked for me over the years and I still use to this very day. The idea is to show you guys these ideas and apply them to your own voice. If you feel that you know how to play a pentatonic scale and a major scale, that's all you really need. Um, if you're interested in attending the class, you can book through my website at www.michaeldolchimusic.com. So I look forward to chatting with you all and hopefully catch you at my next masterclass. Cheers for now, guys. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name's Matt Wakeling, and thank you so much for joining me. All right, last week's episode with Andy Timmons. Uh, the response has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, I was stoked to talk to Andy, and uh, it was such a great um, conversation. And he played some live guitar for us and kindly allowed us to play some of his new album, um, which was so cool. So, yeah, man, if you haven't heard that episode yet, get into our archives. It's not even that old. It's just last week. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, or go to guitarspeakpodcast.libson.com and you can get the Andy Timmons interview and all of our other interviews. We've had a couple of guitar building companies and luthiers on the show. We spoke to um, David Stedman from Mates and Guitars, the great Australian company celebrating their 70th birthday this year. One of our very first episodes was with my friend Pat Keegan from Pat Keegan Guitars. I own a Pat Keegan guitar. That's why I got him on. Um, little newsflash, I, uh, I played my Pat Keegan Telemaster last night at the gig. was sporting its new rosewood board neck, which was great. Oh, man, loved it. Pat, thank you. I love that guitar. All right, so we've got another luthier on today, John Sullivan from Sully Guitars. I first heard of Sully through the Amps and Axes podcast, which is a really great show. When I found out Sully was bringing some of his guitars to Australia through an amazing partnership he's uh, working on with Grover Jackson, the Grover Jackson, now from GJ2 Guitars, uh, I thought I need to have this guy on. This is part one of my two-part conversation with John Sullivan from Sully Guitars. Okay, Sully, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm delightful. Thank you for asking. Wonderful. How is Dallas this afternoon? You're in Dallas? Um, I am. I am. Yeah. I'm uh, just a little bit north of Dallas, Texas. Uh -huh. uh, as I look out my window, there are uh, one, seven, nine. There are there are 30 people walking around in cowboy hats. Um, they're <laughs> shooting themselves. Uh, they're shooting their horses. Yes. Um, of you know, everything that you would expect about Texas is 100% um, true. Oh, that's and cool. None, none, of that's, none of that's true. There's actually... No, so it's it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dallas is actually pretty metropolitan, so we're not all kind of like married to our cousin. Yeah, right. <laughs> which is good. Good. That is good. That is good. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to tell you we've just got uh, fifteen kangaroos hopping down the road. 
and uh, and that's <laughs> and cool. Drop bears, right? Several drop bears overnight. Right. Hey, um, <laughs> so you've actually you've got some cool Australian connections, which we'll we might talk about a bit later on, um, which is which is okay. great. And you're doing some great things building. Um, but before you were building, I I'm guessing you were playing guitar. Is that true? Oh yeah, very very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started uh, kind of playing guitar when I was about eight. And um, I mean, nothing, you know, not like serious or anything like that. I just, uh, I, I, I saw a picture of Ace Fraley from Kiss oh, and yeah. my sister had an acoustic guitar. And so she was supposed to take lessons and she never did. And so I kind of swiped that. And uh, my grandfather bought me a Mel Bay uh guitar book with some chords and some little you know notes and here's here's the the, the names of the strings and blah 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 and uh so you know i just kind of mess around with that but i probably didn't start getting serious uh and uh, playing until i was about 12 when i got like my first electric cool and what was that oh that so that was uh it was i i kind of it was kind of a hand-me-down from my uncle it was at my grandmother's house and it was um 60s Japanese factory, like the Matsumoku Ibanez, weird, stratty looking, funky pearl pick guard uh, (laughs) knobs and switches. And and it was a a brand called Maxitone. And, um, you know, it it was kind of like like the the Tysco Del Rey's and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it was one of those. And I was happy to have it. But then I also, you know, like, uh, I, I, you know, got into Van Halen and, and, you know, I was already into Kiss and, you know, I wanted to put, you know, white tape on my, on my red, yeah, you nice. know, strap looking thing. And, <laughs> um, yeah, actually that's, uh, th- there are photos of that somewhere that will never see the light of day, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, man, I, um, I, I was very, uh, much uh, influenced by, you know, Ace Fraley and, mm-hmm. and, later eddie van halen and then um definitely randy rhodes is 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 my biggest musical influence and actually is a guitar builder as well i i wouldn't build guitars if it weren't for randy rhodes yeah um because the white v that uh, with the pinstripes on it that grover made for him i i had uh this rock calendar uh, it's like 1982. Mm-hmm. It's a 1982 calendar, and it was a calendar from this uh, rock radio station called uh, the Loop in Chicago, and that's where I'm originally from. Okay. And uh, and you know it's like you know one month it's the Rolling Stones and the next month it's Joan Jett and then uh, this one month it's Ozzy Osbourne. Mm-hmm. And all I can see of Ozzy is you know you can see, kind of see him from like the chest up, and he's got this like red sequin top and he's got this crazy face on it's a live shot and he's got in his hands he's got the head of his guitar player and his his head's kind of like pulled back and i'm i'm you know i'm kind of miming this for our video chat which works great podcast works great (laughs) on a podcast you guys will love this and and so but in this so i couldn't see his face of the guitar player but all i could see was this this white v with pinstripes and i'm like what is that that was (laughs) the coolest guitar i have ever seen in my life um it, it was one of those moments, like when I saw, uh, when I first saw a picture of Ace Fraley, you know, and the guitar, you know, smoke's pouring out of his guitar. And I'm like, what yeah, is yeah. that? And, uh, 
you know, being a kid and, and being into superheroes and stuff, uh, you know, Kiss kind of looked like superheroes and oh, yeah. nobody knew what they looked like at that time. Yes. And uh, I also learned that, um, and I actually learned this thanks to the ACDC too, because obviously they were huge around that time. This is yeah. like late 70s. Um, and uh, I mean, they're still huge, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I learned that uh, girls liked guys that played guitar. And I'm like, wait a minute, really? I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm eight. You know, what am I going to do? I knew that I liked girls yeah. and I liked superheroes. And so there's Kiss and people like Kiss. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to play guitar. Awesome. I'm just going to be a Kiss. That seems like what I should do. And uh, yeah. And so then I, I wound up, you know, 25 or so years later in a Kiss tribute band for a year, which was fun. But uh, right. did you do the, you did the makeup? Oh, yeah, dude. Makeup explosions, everything. So exactly. I uh, I had smoke pouring out of my guitar. It was fun. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is video of that. I will send that to you. That's <laughs> please. That's the best. Mm-hmm. That's the best. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm a similar vintage. I think because yeah, Ace was Ace was the guy. He was the first guy I noticed. His fingers were doing stuff and like cool stuff was coming out of the guitar. Right. So when I sort of that was my first cognizant guitar solo moment. I think. Sure. Sure. And then yeah, it's no, like. I, I, how does he know where to put his fingers? Like that was that was something I had to find out much much later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it takes it takes a little while. And you know, I would I, I would wager a guess that Ace probably also wonders himself, how do I, <laughs> where do I have to put my fingers again? But um, you know, I mean, maybe. it's uh, maybe a little bit. But uh, you know, you, you can't deny that uh, he's he's influenced millions of people uh, for better or for worse to pick up the instrument. So Absolutely. so that's good. That's cool. My um, when I first got my first electric, I, I got it from a pawn shop, and I got I wanted to get I bought this guitar. I thought it looked like Ace's Les Paul, and it looked mm-hmm. nothing like it. But it was this vaguely <laughs> sunburst, um, <laughs> another Japanese kind of freaky log sort of thing, maybe like yours it was. It was a yeah. Sakai. It was a cross between an SG and a Mustang, and Oof. it was it was okay. crazy. But it was sort All of right. sunburst, and it was yours. It so. was mine. Yeah, yeah it was good. And I, cool. I thought if I jack the action up really high, I'll be able to bend strings because I'll fit under the other strings. But <laughs> that's how you do it. Yeah, you push up, so you push the strings up away from the, the neck way. That, that's it yeah that's why you have to tune down really low that's what we learned from black sabbath so you got to tune it down really low so you can push the strings can up really them. high absolutely <laughs> so that was my sure. first that was my first mod experience but what about you did you start messing around with apart from the um the pinstripes did you start messing around yeah. with the guitar? um yeah i mean you know i <clears throat> so that guitar um you know the 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 red japanese thing mm-hmm. um you know it served me well for for some you know for a few years um but also around that time you know growing up um you know like mid early 80s i'm 12 13 or so and uh everybody's got custom guitars mm-hmm. you know we already talked about ed we talked yeah, about yeah. randy and just yeah. like all the bands that i listened to um you know jackson's and charvel's and they've got crazy paint jobs and stuff and uh so you know yeah i would i would put little tape on my guitar to have it you know have stripes on it and um i i, I there, there was something for me even back then that was really interested in the idea of building your own guitar or 
you know, yeah, I mean, just, just building your own guitar and having something cool. So I always kind of wanted to do something like that. And, uh, you know, also like you, you know, when I was a kid, I, I wanted a Les Paul really, really badly uh-huh. because of, because of Ace Frehley and my stepdad, he played guitar and he, uh, I remember the day, oh, this is just so burned in my mind. I was so pissed, angry. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, my, it, this was uh, probably like 1984. Um, Gibson just unveiled the new uh, line of Les Pauls, which was the Les Paul Studio. Mm-hmm. And at that time, studios had full body binding. They had binding around the fretboard. Yeah. Um, they had dot inlays. And I had that ad like on my, you know, on my walls and stuff like next to all of my Motley Crue posters and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> And I wanted this Les Paul studio. It's like starting at $749, $749. And I'm like, you know, I'm 13, 14. You know, Where am I ever going to get $749? And, you know, I remember showing it to my grandparents going, hey, look at this guitar. It's like only $749. You know, and, and I'm trying to like, oh, well, maybe we'll get that for you for Christmas. Um, but no, that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> it, so this is a new guitar. And so my, my stepdad comes home from work late one night it's it's later than he usually did and uh he's got a guitar case in his hand and it's this big honking plastic molded crazy looking guitar case it just says gibson on the side pops it open and it's a les paul studio wow and it wasn't for me so i was really really upset (laughs) and so you know he bought it for him and you know he was just kind of a bedroom player he you know he'd go to work and he'd come home and he'd you know, after everybody kind of wind down for the night, he plays Chuck Berry riffs. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting in my room on my 60s Japanese copy trying to learn how to play round and round. And uh, <laughs> and I hear him, you know, playing uh, the, the opening lick for Johnny B. Good like over and over and over. And I'll be like, I'll never be like you, man. I'm never going to be like, and I'm, you know, whatever. Life happens. But um, so instead of me sitting on my couch playing Chuck Berry riffs, um, you know, I'll play over the mountain. So, but it's, it's the same thing. It happens, you know, but, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. that's great. That's um, great. It, it, so when he would go to work, I would like sneak into, into, into the room and I would take this little studio and I would play it. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's a Les Paul. It's yeah. so cool. And so, <laughs> Did you have um, to sneak it I back found... in the case. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. It was, it was, it was super, super. Don't let anybody find out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, so like that Christmas that year, or right around Christmas time that year, I had found out that there was a music store uh, that was selling Les Paul kits, mm-hmm. and I'm like, and they were they were uh, they were two ninety nine, and so I called up the store and I'm like, you have these Les Paul kits, and they're like, yep, you know we got a bunch of them, you know two ninety nine. I'm like, well, who made them? Like, you know, what kind of guitars are they? I mean, does it come with a logo or anything? He's like, no. I'm like, well, who, who makes them? He's like, Gibson. I'm like, really? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, they're, you know, they're Gibson Les Paul kits. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I'll tell my mom. And so, you know, I'm begging and pleading. I'm like, please let me have this Les Paul kit for Christmas. <laughs> and um, it was one of those moments. I'll never forget that. That Christmas, uh, we we go up to my grandma's for, for Christmas and I see it. You know, it's it's this guitar triangle shaped box uh-huh. and it's wrapped up and I'm like, oh, I got it. And, you know, it's of course, it's the last thing that, you know, the last present of the day. And I'm just like waiting and waiting and yeah, waiting. Yeah. And I was I was I was so it was the greatest. And so at uh, 
so it was a set neck guitar kit and um you know it had a carved top and it absolutely was no way was this a gibson um <laughs> but uh it you know it was it was just like a studio it had okay. full body binding it had the, the fretboard was bound it had a gibson headstock it had dot inlays um you know but it was like it wasn't mahogany it was like alder and maple with an ash top or something sure, like that but sure. uh, anyway and then you know my some of my relatives, they got me some some pickups, uh, Demarzio pickups, a Super Two and a Super Distortion, wow. and uh, I got like a subscription to Guitar Player magazine. I'm like, oh, this wow. is the greatest day. Wow! It was the best. It was just the best. And so I'm like, sweet, I'm gonna build a Les Paul. And so my stepdad and I, we, we glued the neck in and and strung it up, uh, and we painted it. Initially, we did like a cherry sunburst kind of thing, mm-hmm. and then I decided, well, you know, since I'm in a metal. I have to have a black guitar. So I masked off all the binding and I spray painted it black. And, you know, this is 85, you wow. know, so it's not like there are uh, online tutorials on yeah, how yeah. to spray a guitar or mm-hmm. anything that I had access to. So, you know, I, I didn't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just, you know, I'm spray painting this guitar with, you know, spray lacquer. And, you know, it was fine. And so I, I get it to the point where, uh, it's ready for assembly, so I took it to this shop that was local to me, and the guy that uh, did repairs there, his name was Steve, and Steve was Steve was cool. I mean, you, you got to be cool if your name's Steve, anyway. But so, uh, it, 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 so Steve was cool, and he had long hair, and he gave like he was like the cool guy to take lessons from, and he grew up with Glenn Tipton of Judas Priest, and so like it was it, it was a cool Ooh. guy, and he was making parts guitars for my friends that would take lessons from him, and uh-huh. and it was. So I take this guitar to Steve and, uh, and I'm like, you know, can you, you know, kind of finish this? Cause I don't know how to solder or, or whatever. And, and so he's like, you know, I, he's like, you, you built this. I'm like, yeah, sir. And so he's kind of looking and he's like, well, you know, okay, it's, it's all right. And, and he kind of like looks down the neck and he's like, oh, buddy, this neck is so twisted. It's never gonna, it's. It's never going to play. I was just crushed. It was just like I got a puppy and then someone shot it. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst. So like I, I, that. Oh, no. Right. But were, so, you, um, were you playing it already though? Did you know the neck was twisted? Uh, kind or? of. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it adds some strings on it. But I mean, again, I'm like 14. Yeah. I don't know anything about anything. And I'm trying to play it. And it's, you know, uh, I don't know how to level frets or anything like that. Yeah, so it's sure. like buzzing here and there and stuff okay. like that. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, oh, it was just the worst. And, uh, you know, but also by that time, I, I, I did get my first good guitar, which was like a, a first, um, it was a 1983 BC Rich NJ Warlock and it was sweet. Awesome. And um, yeah, dude, cause like, I was you know, Motley Crue. It just kind of, you know, I discovered Motley Crue, and and I'm yeah. like, there's the video for Looks That Kill, and Mix got that like white Warlock, and I'm like, yeah, that's the coolest. And so I get this <laughs> Warlock, and it was the coolest. So I've also, so now I'm like, you know, 14 or whatever, and now I've got like, I've got many guitars. I have a collection. Let me show them to you. But uh, so I'm still, you know, bummed that I don't get to have this Les Paul. Yeah. And it became like a lifelong kind of thing. Um, but I think that's kind of where I got my first real taste of, of building. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the guy, Steve, he wound up, uh, maybe like a year or so after the, the, uh, neck twist incident, he opened up his own guitar store, um, really close to my house. Mm-hmm. And I used to just go and hang out there like a stray cat. Oh, 
And he was always super, super great to me. And uh, he and his now wife, I mean, they were, you know, they were just, I don't know, 28 or so, 29. And they, you know, they're opening up a store and they're trying to cut their own path. And, you know, I'm just hanging out like a stray cat, just playing, you know, guitars and, you know, trying not to get in the way of things. And, And Steve would let me hang out with him while he's doing repairs. And so I'd watch him, you know, just you know, fix stuff. And, and I'd ask him questions and he would always answer me, um, in a manner as if I knew what he was talking about. And I never knew what the hell he was talking about, <laughs> but it was still kind of cool to be like, it's yeah. not like, well, I have to do this. So this happens. It was just, oh, you know, and then the next little, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, uh, it's got a high fret. We gotta, you know, fix this here. I'm like, well, you know, in my brain, I'm like, oh, high fret. That's, that's, that's not good. But what's a, what's a high <laughs> fret? I, we don't need to worry about that right now. So I would just kind of watch and absorb things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as a result of, of those times, um, I, you know, I, I've always kind of tinkered with stuff and I started, you know, making my own parts guitars, uh, when I was, you know, I, I had worked on a couple of guitars, uh, for a friend of mine when, when I was like 17, 18, um, and, uh, you know, but then started kind of seriously, uh, making just guitars out of prefab parts in you know, maybe like 2001 or so and you know you get a body and a neck off of ebay and you know yeah. you realize that the neck that you bought doesn't go with this particular body because this body's cut for a 24 fret neck and you've got a 22 fret strat neck and that's not going to work and blah 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 but you know it's just part of the process mm. and then um you know i started cutting bodies and uh sorry making my own guitar bodies rather yeah. um and then, you know, started making my own necks and, and, uh, you know, years later, uh, I still have all 10 fingers and yeah, nice. I'm really happy. About that. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's very cool. So when <laughs> that's great, but that's great. And I don't know, a lot of the guys I talk to mostly players, but, um, so far on our show, but people will always talk about their mentors or this guy showed me this or yeah, I'll never forget this guy who took me under his wing that's that's cool you had you had the cool guy steve yeah yeah dude steve is steve's pretty great i mean they that's still awesome. have the store and oh, really? whenever i go wow. yeah whenever i go back home to chicago i always go and see him that's and awesome. um it's wonderful so i uh it's yeah everybody you, you've got to obviously we have you know sometimes you have a great teacher or someone that's just made such an impact on yeah, you yeah. and he was he, steve was one of those guys and um super super grateful i was super fortunate because there are also a bunch of other kids like my age that took lessons there and mm-hmm. um and like i said you know, we all just hung out there like stray cats and they were just you know we weren't buying anything i mean i, I eventually <laughs> i eventually like as a, as a as a 16th birthday present to myself i i commissioned like a custom build from him and it was just like a, a strat just a white strat and i wanted it initially to look like uh jakey lee's white strat that he had with the black pick guard and, oh, and yeah, um, yeah. in the rosewood fretboard and all that, and it's, it, it, the the design kind of morphed to something completely different. We're just white and it's got a perlite guard and three singles and a maple neck, but mm-hmm. it's got um, the, the neck on this thing. And being a parts guitar, um, I, I have no idea who actually made this neck. Mm-hmm. Um, it is absolutely like the greatest neck ever. Yeah. It's, wow. it, 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 yeah, and it's 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 got a strat head on it, but it's not it does not have like a fender back shape like at all. Mm-hmm. It's got a nice like a twelve inch you know radius uh, fretboard, and you know when I started, uh, you know when when they would get they became a Jackson dealer at the store, and so they get you know brand new soloists and Rhodes with you know 
paint jobs that were insane. And this is again, like late eighties. Mm -hmm. So all kinds of awesome stuff. And I would get to play all of them. And, you know, I, I would play these soloists and, and I'm like, man, this neck is, this neck is awesome. And I realized it's very similar to the neck on the guitar that Steve built for me that I still have. And okay. so it's kind of a lot of, if I just go and make a neck just without anyone's preferences uh, taken into consideration, it's always going to wind up turning out pretty much like that. And okay. it's like, you could, you can pick up one of my guitars and, it's like, yeah, it's gonna, it will feel like a, an old Charvel or a Jackson or something like that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where all the guitars that I liked played like that. So, you know, it's kind of how it happens. Yeah. Cool. So you're, yeah. What your stuff strikes me as you're the generation, you're not trying to make the greatest L series strap ever made. You've, you're a good 20, 30 years after that. So like you're saying, the Jackson, the Charvel era really had a big deal. In your, it, um, it really did. It really did. Um, and especially for me, you know, with, with Randy and being such a Randy Rhodes fan, I mean, yeah. like my favorite guitars of Randy's were the, the his Jacksons, um, mm -hmm. the, the white prototype and then the second prototype, which became the Rhodes. And um, I mean, obviously, the polka dot V is very iconic, but yeah. it's not, you know, it, for me, it was <laughs> Jacksons. And then, yes. um, you know, Robin Crosby had these, these huge red, you know, V's. And, and it was, you know, like the, I remember reading this article in guitar for the practicing musician, which was a magazine kids. Um, <laughs> we used to get these guitar magazines, uh, they're paper and you flip yeah. through them. Uh, they would have pictures, um, and transcriptions of songs. I uh, and I remember, one, yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, Warren Martini and Robin Crosby were on the cover and, uh -huh. you know, Robin's got his big red pointy King V and I'm reading and, all this stuff, and 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 you, know, you learn that the King V was named after Robin because Robin's nickname was King, and oh, and I'm like, really. man, yeah, yeah, cool. don't be, don't listen to what Dave Mustaine says, kids. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was named after Robin King Crosby, awesome. um, and uh, you know the the story behind that guitar, uh, the the whole how the King V came about, uh, <clears throat> it, it depends on who you ask, but there was. Uh, there were in the very early days of rat um robin had a Rhodes, mm -hmm. and robin was a big guy he was like six five right. and a Rhodes looked tiny yeah on it's him. very small it looked like, like a ukulele yeah. so i mean it there was a, a on, guy um, it looked big on randy though yeah because he was yeah. tiny so what a ukulele <laughs> yeah i mean randy was randy was like five seven five eight yeah like a wow. hundred pounds and um <laughs> And, and there was a guy, a guitar player named Dave Linsk, who played in Overkill, I believe. And right around the, this happened right around the same time. Uh, the idea was take the long wing of a Rhodes and double it. Mm -hmm. So it was before there was a King V. It was just called a double Rhodes. Oh, okay. And uh, so that long wing of a Rhodes is pretty long. So if you double it, you've got you've got a good size V yeah. for a tall person. And um, they eventually got smaller as uh, you know. They kind of went into production because I mean, I've I've, I've had a double Rhodes and I've played them, and you know, I'm six three and they kind of work out fine for me. But if you're kind of okay. on the shorter side, that bottom wing will like hit you in the shin if you're standing up and playing. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so um, I was I was so into all that stuff and and you know Charvels and Jacksons and it's all I ever ever wanted were mm -hmm. were just cool you know, Jackson V's. And, you know, I remember I had, 
you know, you know my, all these rock posters all over my wall. But I also had like this poster of a, a Charvel ad. It was a Charvel Jackson ad and it had Grover's picture on it. And he's holding a, a neck. It was a Charvel, had a Charvel pointy headstock on it. And it said, uh, the caption was, we don't pay them. They just play them. It's like, yeah, you know, we don't, we don't that. pay people. Yes. So fun story about that ad. And, and um, I never knew this until like a couple months ago because Grover told me about it. And this is a little foreshadowing. But that ad was taking a swipe at Vivian Campbell. Oh, okay. Because so when Vivian was in Dio, mm-hmm. they made a bunch of Charvels for him. Okay. Like, and they had like the, the, the Holy Diver album cover on it. And then there was like the, there was a white strap that had um, like red squares with skulls in it. And then there was um, another one that had like the sort of like the last in line album cover airbrushed on it. And they also made him a Jackson Les Paul, which was kind of cool. Um, but it had a Kaler on it, the poor guy. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, Vivian was kind of at that time, that those first couple Dio records, he was a big deal. And he was also in his very early 20s and maybe had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and the uh kramer came to him and wanted him to endorse the night swan model yeah yeah which was the 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 buddy blaze thing i think the buddy blaze thing yeah Yeah, which is like a bridge and a middle pickup only and it was kind of weird and but you know hey whatever um and uh so they back a truck of money up to Vivian's house and it's, you know, <laughs> see you later, Jackson. And truck. so, yeah, the, the Kramer truck, it's That's actually great. driven by Kramer from Seinfeld. It was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was very cutting edge. Um, and so that, that whole, we don't pay them. They just play them ad was, uh, was taking a shot oh, at Vivian wow. Campbell. There you go. Yeah. I love those ads. I remember all those guitar magazines and the ads and stuff. Yeah. I remember staring I still have at all of them. Every awesome. single guitar magazine I bought, I still have, wow, which that's is cool. kind of, kind of frightening and sad. But uh, <laughs> you know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> awesome. So, um, so when you crossed over from, I guess, just fixing stuff and making your own stuff, when when was that actual point? Okay, now there's Sully Guitars. When when did you launch as like a brand in your own right? Uh, well, you know, I I started <clears throat> so when I was doing you know the parts guitars. Um, I would, you know, they had Sully logos on them, um, and I would sell them to friends for, you know, not a lot of money for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but you know, like the idea for Sully guitars, you know, quite frankly, started when I had that last Paul kit when I was fourteen. Yeah, really. Uh, and and it was one of those things where it's just like it's always it's this is any guitar any custom guitar that i play is going to be a sully guitar i'm like you know it's it's ridiculous because <laughs> this is what you think about when you're 14 of course um, yeah. if you're a flawed individual like myself but uh so that was always kind of you know but so when i started uh you know cutting my own bodies um that was you know, maybe like a year or so later like you know 2002 or so um you know, they, they were, they were Sully's, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, they, they always kind of have been since cool. then. And, uh, thankfully they're, uh, much, much, much better guitars now. Um, sure. <laughs> and you know, that's good, but, uh, it, it was always kind of a thing. Uh-huh. It was always kind of a thing. Awesome. So your, your stuff, like, like we mentioned, it's got a, a very, um, like a hot rodded, 80s kind of vibe but i mean very modern as well so you thank you yeah you oh for sure you're working with um 
you know, well-known kind of ideas, I guess, like set neck guitars, sure. 20, uh, 24 three-quarter scale, and then you got 25 and a half inch bolt-ons, you know, right. all, all I, that, that kind of yeah. landscape. Generally, yeah, generally for me, even uh, like if I've, all of the guitars for me um, are, unless somebody spe- uh, specifically orders a short scale, like a 24 and three-quarter scale, they'll be 25 and a half, no matter what it is. Okay. Um, because for me, um, I learned, because uh, I had a few Les Pauls over the years, and mm-hmm. I, I never bonded with them. And I was always really frustrated by this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I eventually realized that it was the scale length. Yeah, okay. And it was because, like, past the 12th fret, it gets real congested okay. for for me. I mean, I'm not, the, I'm not the biggest person in the world, but I'm also not the smallest person sure. in the world. And to me, 25 and a half scale, uh, it just seemed... It seemed right. And it, it's also, you know, kind of what I grew up with because I had uh, the guitars that, that stayed with me, um, you know, like the Warlock's gone, the Les Paul kit never actually, you know, had life breathed into it, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so most of the guitars that I kept were actually 25 and a half scale. Yeah, um, okay. So um, it was actually one of the things that I was kind of thinking of when I was designing what became the 71, my single cut model. Yeah. Um, the whole point of that guitar was to address all of the issues that I had with a Les Paul. Okay. Yep. And, and when I say issues that I had, it's not like, Oh, I think it's a crap guitar. Cause that's, that's just dumb. Um, but you know, I, I had enough of them where I'm just like, man, I really, you know, it's an iconic shape. It's a, the, it's, it's got its own sound. It's got, you know, just one of those things you think, yep. you know, rock and roll, you think of Les Paul or, you know, or a few others. And so I just started to uh, w- with basing the idea on twenty five and a half scale, and then so I I had a picture of a Les Paul, and I was just drawing over the the picture of the body, and um, you know kept refining it, and I spent honestly about four years on the design. Wow! Um, not every day, you know, sure. I would I would you know, make some tweaks to the design, yeah. and you kind of get it to the point where it's like, okay, well, it lives on paper. I've got to commit this to some other kind of physical material, you know, so I started making some body templates and that was kind of the next phase where it's like, well, okay, maybe that cutaway doesn't quite look right. And, uh, you know, you, you keep refining, but you know, uh, while I'm doing that, I've still got guitars to build. So, you know, I kind of, well, I'll mess around with this a little bit. We'll kind of put it over here. Um, so I, the initial drawing of the 71 model, uh, was, I want to say in July of 2009, and the first guitar was completed in like March of 2013. Okay. Wow. So I, yeah, I started it in like January of 2013 where I'm just like, all right, I've got this, I've got all of this stuff kind of sorted out to where I wanted it, at least to where I could, you know, make some prototype guitars. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, kind of refining a few, uh, re- refining here and there, um, as I build them. And, uh, I'm happy to say, you know, I'm, I finally got it where I want it. So. Awesome! It is such a cool design. It's um. Thank you. People will have to look it up. Um, it's 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 not going to be helpful if I try and describe it, but I will. It's like a. It's got a curvy bit and a pointy bit. It's yeah. Got some strings. It's got it looks six... like a big Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super cool. So it's a single cut Les Pauly kind of vibe, but um, yeah, the whole profile's gonna... been rejigged. It's beautiful. Well, you're you're also so you, you'll see that. Uh, thank you. Um, and, you know, kind of going back to something that you had said um, in that where a lot of the guitars that I build are kind of a 
they're, they're, they're rooted in my own history, which is yes. with, you know, the hot rod guitars of the 80s, but they do have a more modern look to them. So I'm not making, at least in my own eyes, mind and sensibility, mm. um, I'm not making Strat knockoffs with Floyds on them. They, yeah. they are, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah, they, I've got a super Strat style, but it's got a whole bunch of contours on the back that not many other people do, or if they do, you know, fine, cool, but it's not really in the majority. Yeah. Um, and, and I really try and like to bring a little bit more, um, of my own kind of sensibilities as opposed to just putting, um, you know, strat heads on anything. Cause that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. to my mind, not uh, cool because that's, if you want to strat go by a fender and many people are perfectly happy with those and that's great. Um, for sure. But yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, uh, so it's, I, I try and kind of straddle the line between, uh, somewhat traditional and somewhat modern in that, um, I'm probably not going to come out in, in the foreseeable future with, with something that's like a Chapman stick, you know yes. what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, or, 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 but I, I love, you know, what guys like Ken Parker is doing now with Ken Parker arch tops. Yeah. Um, but also when I saw the first Parker fly in 1992, yeah. um, again, at Steve's at Park Avenue music in Lombard, uh-huh. Illinois, um, it was, they were just called the Parker fly. It wasn't a fly deluxe. It wasn't yeah. like, it was they had one guitar. And I remember seeing that. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> and so see, so you know, like, go ahead and check it out. And so I go and grab it off of the, the hanger and you know, you go and you, you taking guitars off of wall hangers. You're kind of prepared for that guitar to weigh a certain amount you know, yeah, yeah. In, in your mind. And so I grabbed this thing and it's so light. I'm yes. like, Whoa, what, am I, what, a, what, a, what is this? And so he's like, yeah, it's just, the whole thing is basswood and it's wrapped in carbon fiber. And the fretboard is ebonite or ebonol or something. It's whatever they made bowling balls out of. It's got, it was the first guitar that I'm aware of that was brought to market that had stainless steel frets. Okay. okay. And, um, and they were top mounted, learned, weren't they? they? They didn't have the tangs or anything. No, they didn't. On. They're just glued in place. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was, uh, I, I was talking to the guy that the, the company that I get my stainless steel frets from, yeah. uh, is, is a company called Jescar. And, uh, the, the guy that owns it, um, you know, we were talking about frets and, and, you know, he kind of helped that stuff out. And he's like, yeah, those things were not like, there were no fret slots. I'm like, how'd that work? You know, cause if you get like a lifting up fret end or things, you know, what, like what happened if they're glued in, I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes glue releases over time, sure. I mean, you know, I was, but, um, I remember feeling the, the feel of that guitar is that regardless of how you feel about the aesthetics of it, because I understand that it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing played just effortlessly and it had this slinky feel to it. Um, and I think it was a combination of the heart of, of the of the density of the fretboard, but also the stainless steel frets. Mm-hmm. And when I started using stainless steel frets, um, like after I, you know, did my first stainless steel fret install, I'm looking at that guitar right now, uh, and I, I I played it, and I'm like, it the it had that slinky feel, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, that's right, that's what that was what the what the fly was like. I'm like, okay. So this is the only fret wire I will ever want to use. And um, because it just feels so slick and it just gets out of your way. And the thing that's always been very important for me as a, as a builder 
and as a player, um, is that a guitar should look great, it should sound great, but when you put the guitar on, it shouldn't be the focal point. Uh-huh. It should get out of your way. It should let a, a guitar, as as cool as they are, guitars are tools. Yeah, that's it, it to me. And I think building them, um, I probably romanticize guitars maybe a little bit less. When I start building guitars, I started looking at them in a different light, and not in a critical light, but more in a in a way of the, the it's a tool and you want to make that tool as as great as you possibly can but um the guitar it, it it needs to have the artist otherwise it's kind of worthless sure um i mean you know they're cool to look at i'll look at them all day long yeah, but yeah. you know it, it really needs to uh help the the, the artist the musician to communicate what's on his or her mind and the easier that you can f- make that communication um the better for everybody because you know it's uh, you get to enjoy music and that's good um so you know a lot of the things that i've done that's been really important to me actually happen a lot on the back of the guitar body itself um i spend a lot of time um you know, contouring out the backside of a cutaway or contouring okay. out uh, like the back of a heel, yeah. um, because you know one of the things I've I, I, I have joked with friends, uh, you know, clunky neck heels are for jerks, <laughs> and you know there are you know I mean you go grab a strap. It's oh, a, absolutely. Bonk! It's yes. a big, <laughs> and you don't you don't think about it because it's what you're used to. And you know, for me, if I go and play a strap. Or, or, you know, I'll play around and I'm like, you know, it, it doesn't really bother me, um, but it wouldn't be what I would want to have for myself. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, I, okay, so cool. So how much can I contour this out and it still feel good in your hand? Because you can contour something out like way too much and then you've got like nothing underneath the hand and it kind of, it's a whole different kind of organic geometry thing and that's a different kind of conversation and I've probably lost all of your listeners and I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, I think they're into it. It's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll stop here. We'll, we'll let everybody take time to stretch your legs. We're going to regroup. We're going to wake up. We're going to feel good about everything. It's going to be okay. Um, but no, that's, that's really important to me is, is how guitar feels on someone. It's got to look cool. Um, but you know, so I I try and kind of find that balance. Uh, and, and so that's, that's kind of where I live is, uh, you know, I may come up with a design and it looks great on paper. And then I go and start building it and I'm like, Hmm, I've got this big neck heel. How am I going to get around this? And I can't necessarily extend it up like, you know, you would on the, this particular style of body. So I make it, you know, it, it's a lot of fun problem solving and, uh, and, and, and things of that nature, because it's, uh, it, that's kind of where I spend a lot of my creativity now. Okay. Um, while I, you know, will still pick up my guitar and, and play and stuff like that. And, and I'm happy to do so most of the time, um, right now I'm just so just I'm just so rusty where it's just kind of you know I'm gonna spend a bunch of time to knock off rust and I'm like oh god you suck, <laughs> but uh, you know uh, think back to think back to remember when you were good um, and then that's just like it's a whole spiral I don't want to get into but um, <laughs> oh self loathing and whatever um, but so I can I can spend my time being creative with uh, a belly contour which sounds so much more exciting of course. <laughs> 
great job, Sally. But uh, great story. Never uh, one of my best, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. but that's that's part of the the interest, intricacies, I guess, of, of what you do and and making it work and making it your own thing, rather than just you said slapping together a a super strat that's like everyone else's. So that's cool. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, because you, and you got to start out somewhere and. Um, yeah, and, and that's fine, but you've got to progress from somewhere. I, I don't understand, um, and, and I guess, and I don't have to because I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not this person. But uh, there are folks who are just perfectly happy with making uh, copies, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term mm. in this particular sense. Yeah, sure. um, copies of guitars that are. Sixty, fifty years old. Yes. Yeah. Um, down to the down to the screw, and I I I kind of get it to a certain extent, but uh, I think that you know, as, as a musician, uh, you always want to progress. You always want to find your own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, in listening to uh, we were talking before we started, I was listening to Gretchen Men's episode of of the Guitar Speak podcast, yeah. and she had quoted Miles Davis saying that um, it, it takes the long, and I'm doing it, it's a terrible, I'll, I'll have to paraphrase it, but it takes the longest amount of time for a, a musician to sound like themselves, mm-hmm. you know, where you start playing and, you know, if, if, if I pick up a guitar and you can say, um, play the solo in, in Firehouse by Kiss, it'll sound just like Ace Frehley, I promise. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and when I was doing the Kiss band stuff, if I it was really hard to uh, play guitar in another voice. It was like, no matter okay. what I would play, yeah. it would sound like Ace. Yeah. And sometimes it would, it would get very frustrating. And, 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 uh, but you know, you, it's the same thing with, with building. Um, you start where you are and with what makes you happy and, and, and that's cool. Um, and I guess if some people are content with just I mean, just building what makes you happy. I mean, I guess that's okay. But I mean, <laughs> that's such a, it sounds so stupid when I say that because and there's everyone's saying yes because that is a stupid statement. But what I mean is that you need to progress and grow and find your own voice and your own creativity because uh, I, 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 you know, I, I think that that's what's important to me to to be able to do that. So I, I sure. want to make uh, tools for artists so they can you know create what whatever is 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 on their mind. So. Yeah, cool. You you recent you may we may have already covered this perhaps around about, but you posted an article recently on maybe it was on the Lutherist um, Facebook page or whatever, uh-huh. and it was titled "The Difficulties of Innovating Guitar Makers yeah. and the Burden of Nostalgia." Yeah, what it's tough, dude? That's a big <laughs> that's a big um, topic, and it was it um, it covered a lot about the the Ken Parker story, who you, who you've already mm-hmm. mentioned. Well, what does that mean to you at Sully Guitars? That that is there a burden of nostalgia for you? Is there a, sure. is there a difficulty of innovation? Uh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, there is. Because, you know, there are a lot of people, uh, and, and I kind of uh, mitigate some of that burden by kind of like I was talking about working in that area where if you like some of the more traditional styles, mm-hmm. I've got something for you. You won't, I, I'm not building you a telly, yeah. but I have a modern stylized version of that shape. That's mm-hmm. going to be more comfortable for you to play. It's a little pointier, but, um, you know, so I, I can kind of live over there, but you know, yes, let's, let's acknowledge the past and we'll, we'll give you 
a, uh, a flavor of that, but I'm going to try and take you by the hand and pull you a little bit forward yeah. um, where we're going to talk about playability and, and, and you know, what are the things that, that I can do to improve playability. Uh, so I think that uh, it, it's challenging. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure, or at least maybe it's just me. When I was a kid, um, I drew all the time. And I would draw cartoons of, you know, whatever. I draw cartoons of Kiss and I draw cartoons of other rock stars. And I would draw cartoons of me as a rock star when I'm, you know, whatever. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then I would, you know, design my own cool guitars and stuff. And they were, you know, it, it, they looked like they were drawn by a 14-year-old kid who probably listened to some metal. You know, it's like, it's pointy and it makes no sense and it looks terrible. But, you know, we still have a little bit of that spirit. So you have to kind of... Uh, you know, make sure that that looks okay and having a good design sense helps. But, you know, when, when it comes down to it, man, uh, there are some people that just like, you know, I want, I want a Les Paul shape. I want a strap shape. I want a tele shape. I want, um, a PRS shape. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, or, you know, people say, you know, I want a Rhodes. I want, uh, I, I want this. I, I want what I already know but you know, I want you to put your spin on it, provided it looks just like what I already know. And um, you know, early on, uh, I would build. You know, I'll, I had a model that uh, was a, a traditional Strat silhouette. Okay. Uh, it, it had some things on it that I liked better, mm -hmm. and but I, I I phased it out, and I started phasing out more of the models that a um, are kind of, I, I get just have that silhouette. So it's like, I, I may call this model a, I don't know, a, I might call this model a Jeff, but someone says, well, they, they, it's got a strat shape. So I, oh, I want that strat. Well, well I don't make strats. And, and so it's, mm -hmm. it's this whole semantics thing. So I started discontinuing things that were, um, that, that were that kind of followed that pattern if I guess if that makes sense and I, I will continue to do that as I introduce the replacements of those models okay. um, because I want to put my own spin on things and I want to put my own creativity into things so long story geez this is a, a terrible answer to a pretty simple question it is challenging um, as a guitar builder to build something new and fresh that people don't instantly want to kill with fire. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, and, and and when I finally had the final design of a 71 and mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, built the first couple and kind of, you know, released them into the wild, it's kind of interesting to, you know, because I, I know what I was thinking when I was designing it and yeah. I know, you know, I remember that process. And it's interesting to hear, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so great, uh, what people say that it looks like okay and you know it's it's kind of like uh when you, when you meet someone and they say oh my god you know who you totally look like or you know who you remind <laughs> me of it's you were in it's always like a famous person or whomever but it's yeah. never you it's never something that you want to hear uh -huh. and it's, like, it's, like, it's i look like that person oh that sucks you know it, it's, it's, they're trying to be nice but you know you have yeah. that same thing so it, it, i get a little bit of that and one of the things that um that came up, uh, uh, it comes up from time to time when they see the design of the 71 is they, uh, mentioned the, the Rick Turner guitar that oh, he makes yeah, for yeah. Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and I get it unless you, 
actually like look at a 71 and then look at the, the Rick Turner yeah. guitar. Cause I mean, there, there it's, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I, and like Lindsey Buckingham is on my top five list. So I would wow. love to get a seven. Oh yeah. I would love to get a 71 for, to Lindsey Buckingham. Mm-hmm. That would be the greatest. Um, and, and, uh, one of the dealers near me, uh, one of my dealers, um, they actually have one of those Lindsay guitars and, and it's tiny and it's funny. It's like, this, uh-huh. it doesn't look, like it. um, other things, uh, that people will see. And, and I think the most common one that I get, and I totally understand where this comes from. Cause this was, a, this was a little bit on purpose is people say it looks like a Les Paul and an Iceman. Okay. Okay. Which, yeah, that bottom kind of sweepy curve. Kind of. Iceman. Um, okay. It, 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 it is, um, to a certain extent. And and some people will also mention the Fernandez Ravel, which was a guitar that I liked. Um, but I wanted to really like it when, when they came out with, it was kind of like a Les Paul, but it was a yeah. little pointy and, uh, Dave Kushner from Velvet oh, Revolver. Yeah, yeah. He, he had one, the green and, one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I thought it was a cool guitar, but I didn't think it was quite finished. And yeah. as I was designing the 71, you know, I had the Ravel in mind and of course I didn't want to, I didn't want to use that cutaway because I, I didn't want to use that cutaway and I didn't yeah. want to, you know, whatever. Um, but it was, it was part of a very small part of the inspiration, not in the actual design, but in the steps of actually creating the design, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, man, I really want to love that guitar. I would change this, 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 and then it wouldn't be a Ravel anymore. Okay. Um, but you know, so that was part of it. And, uh, the Iceman too. And, and when, when I sharing the design with some people, um, somebody said that is a guitar designed by a kiss fan. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's cool. And, uh, it's, it's, and I can, I can see that. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I mean, I, I had an Iceman. I love the Ivan as Iceman. Okay. Um, you know, so it, there was, there was a little bit of an influence, actually the part, uh, that is most, from my memory, the, that was most influenced by the Iceman was if you're looking at the guitar uh, face first, or face, I don't know how else you're going to look at something. If you're looking at it, you know, you're looking at the body, and if you kind of d- divide it into quadrants, you've got the uh, the bass side upper bout, you've got the bass side lower bout, the treble side upper bout, the treble yeah. side lower bout. Okay. You know, we're, we're following this. Uh, bass side lower bout before it comes to the point. It kind of flares away from the waist somewhat Iceman-ish. Um, but it's, it's, it has, as it comes off the waist, it's got a bit of a straight line like the Iceman does. And it, it kind of resolves itself somewhat Iceman-esque and it it wasn't really like, Hey, I need to work the Iceman in somehow, but you know, that's also part of my guitar DNA for lack of a better term, because you know, Paul Stanley's Iceman, dude, come on. That thing was amazing. That thing (laughs) is just too cool. So, um, Regardless of what anyone might think of Kiss, and uh, you know, you're not. It's all good. I have my own issues with them too, but that was a cool guitar. <laughs> oh, that's a cool ass guitar. Absolutely, so, I'm with you, yeah. man. All the all the Kiss guitars and catalog, I'm okay with. I'm totally up for. That's awesome. Sure. All right, that's the end of part one of my conversation with Sully. Now you got to realize. Sully's got this huge tattoo of Ace Freely on his forearm. He is a serious fan. You know what? I should have. I should have asked Sully uh, what he thought about the space, the spaceman persona being franchised out. Now Tommy Thayer um, covers that role. I might email him and see if I can report back when we get to episode two. Now in episode two, 
Sully uh, talks about his relationship with Grover Jackson and uh, GJ2 guitars and how um, GJ2 not only helped uh, create a limited run of Sully guitars, but how John actually got to sit in with Grover and, and hang out and work on these guitars alongside him, which is such a great story. Now, Sully's on Instagram and Facebook, so you can totally see heaps of cool shots of, of those very um, guitars that we we're talking about today. By the way, we are on Instagram and Facebook as well, the Guitar Speak Podcast. You can also get our episodes at guitarspeakpodcast.libson.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. And hey, if you're enjoying the episodes, please share them around your social networks. That makes a huge difference to us in getting the word out. Now we've got some great things coming up uh, on the Guitar Speak podcast. Even this last week, a couple of really great things fell into place. I don't like to mention names until the interviews are in the can and ready to share with you, but trust me, there's good stuff coming up. So yeah, hook, in, um, hook into our different medias to, to follow what's going on to keep up to date with us. All right, hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'll see you next time for the next edition of the Guitar Speak podcast. Bye now.